what we do here is go back, 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 back. It does no service to creating value for people where I came from if I won't say where I came from. And so nobody thought any thought this movie was going to work, and it did. One of my greatest struggles as a journalist is that I'm an emotional person and I'm a sensitive person. This is Matthew Del Negro, and you're listening to 10,000 No's. Guys, this podcast is built on the premise that hearing stories of struggle from people who most of us just think have it made is a way for the rest of us to realize we're not alone. If you've already subscribed on iTunes and you like what you hear, thank you. And please share it with others. You can take a screenshot of your phone while you're listening, post it on your social media, tag at Maddie Dell on Instagram or at Matthew Del Negro on Twitter and Facebook, email it to friends, shout it from your rooftop, beat people up on the street and force them to listen, whatever. If you can leave an iTunes review, boom, I love it. Either way, I appreciate the support. I'm glad you're listening, even if this is your first one. And I hope you're as inspired by my guests as I am. You know, I really do believe in the power of grit and perseverance. My guest today is Susie Yaloff Schwartz. In her past life, Susie was wildly successful as a fashion editor for decades and executive editor at large of Glamour magazine for almost 10 years. The New York Times has referred to her as a fairy godmother for her makeover abilities. She's been featured all over the press, The Today Show, Good Morning America, CBS's Early Show, The Oprah Winfrey Show, the list goes on and on. But when she moved to L.A. for her husband's job and found herself home with the kids, she discovered meditation. Shocking. Not one to dabble in anything without full commitment, her love of meditation led her to create the world's first drop-in meditation studio in Brentwood, California. There's now one in West Hollywood as well, called Unplug Meditation. Not surprisingly, this too has received loads of great press. It's something that people hear about all over the world. Speaking of that, she recently launched an amazing Unplug Meditation app, which has really gotten her studio to reach people on the far corners of the globe. She's just slightly impressive. Without further ado, Susie Yaloff-Schwartz. I love your place, Unplug. Unplug Meditation. You have one here, you have one in West Hollywood. Um, the look of it is really cool and inviting. Um, I came in kind of as a stranger, as a friend to one of your employees, and or two of your employees, and... Just the space itself is really cool. It's it's very inspiring. Like you, I almost feel like you can't walk into your place and and not feel like you're gonna come out cleansed. Um, did the the design? You know, I, I told you I do minimal research, but I know you're kind of uh, the guru of of the makeover in your past life. Um, how how did you get to what was the path? Like, where were you starting? Even like, where were you born? Were you East Coast, West Coast? I was born in New York City. New York City. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. And and uh, went to school. Uh, I was there, born or? in New York City, raised in Livingston, New Jersey. Okay. And then when I went to college, my parents moved back to the city. So then I went back to the city, and I was there from I guess nineteen while I was in school, and then I graduated in eighty nine, and I was there from eighty nine until twenty ten. 89, okay. And then I ended up, you know, moving to Los Angeles because my husband wanted to move here. Okay. With our cool. three children. You you had the three kids in, in Manhattan? I had three kids. I had a great job. I was living in Manhattan. I was living large, yeah. living the dream and Where coasting. Where were you? Uh, uptown, downtown? 79th and Riverside. Okay. We I were- actually had the dream apartment, too, that I had just found and renovated and designed. Ugh. And I came out here... I was filming for the Oscars. Um, I was dressing this woman named Robert Roberts, who is an anchor for Good Morning America. And my friend Joe said, you know, come visit me in Malibu. And I went to go visit him in Malibu. Joe Flanagan, he's an actor. I don't know if you know. Oh, Joe Flanagan. Yeah, yeah do you know? He was on a, he was on a show. Uh, Stargate, Stargate Atlantis. I did, yeah. I did like an episode of it in Vancouver. Act- I, I, so I kind of met him in passing. And I think I've, I've like seen him at auditions. We've maybe said, hey, but I don't know him, know him. Yeah. So I came out to see him because we went to college together in Paris for one year. He was like my buddy. And his three kids are running on a field. And I'm like, oh. So I call my husband. I'm like, his kids, 
are running on a field and ours are climbing up the walls of our apartment. Right. And when I came home, my husband got a job offer and he said, it'd be easier to get my wife to move to Los Angeles than move to Connecticut. And the woman said, really, I have a job in Los Angeles. And my husband was like, I've always wanted to move there. Who's it with? And it was with this iconic Los Angeles philanthropist named Eli Brode. Do you know Eli Brode? I don't. Do you know the Brode Museum? They just opened. It's huge. It's amazing. So my husband came out and met him, loved it. And then he's like, let's do this. Let's be adventurous. And I'm like, wait, I'm the executive fashion editor of Glamour magazine. I'm like doing makeovers, traveling the country on Good Morning America and the Today Show and Oprah. I have the dream situation. Yeah. He's like, yeah, but you're going to just do this for the rest of your life or do you want to do something totally different? And I said, well, it sounds like you want to do something totally different. I said, you know what? I'll give you this decade because it had been like a me story for such a long time because, you know, when you do what I did, people are always like, what do you do? Yeah, yeah. Um, So I came out here thinking it would be totally all about him. And I stayed home. I had never not worked before in my entire life. And I was just, I was the one crawling up the walls. You went out of your mind, yeah. I mean, it's hard (laughs) being a stay-at-home mom. It is much easier to be a working mother than it is to be a stay-at-home mother. Yeah. I can tell you that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Because, you know, so about six months into it, Um, And plus, you know, when you have three kids in three different grades, it's like there's so many mommies and I couldn't remember everybody's name. Right. So I was kind of overwhelmed by that whole situation. And so I decided to go back to work. So I was flying back and forth between New York and L.A. and I was really stressed out. Were you you living in Malibu? No, I was living in the Palisades. Palisades, okay. Yeah, my husband found the house. He found the kid. He found the school. He found the whole thing. And... um, And I was really stressed out because I had, like, left my kids in L.A. with my husband who was working. And we had a backup babysitter, but I didn't really – it wasn't, like, family who could back me up. And my mother-in-law said, God, you you need to breathe. You need to meditate. I'm like, what is that? She's like, close your eyes. She taught me this little trick. And in three minutes, my whole life changed. Literally. The first time. Literally. That was the first time. Okay, so that's where – all right, that's interesting because (laughs) – the first, I, I don't, I don't really remember the first time I tried to meditate, but I remember being like, yeah, yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking like, I just, I didn't get it. You know, it's one of those things where I just didn't get it or I couldn't, I was too restless. And I've since had experiences, like I told you I had at Unplug um, before we started rolling, which, which, you know, where I was completely taken out of my head and able to settle into it. But you had that immediately. Well, just so you know, that's not totally for you. I mean, it's not really what it's all about to be taken out of your head because that's the biggest myth for meditation. People think, I can't meditate because I think too much. That's the number one issue. And then they're like thinking and they're busy and they're out. That's it. They're one and done on the meditation front. And the truth is, is that meditation is really about working with your thoughts. You have 50,000 thoughts every single day. Like most of them are repetitive. Most of them happened the day before. It's the exact same thought. Some, yeah. Most of them are nasty. Like, well, you're fat, you're not nice. Yeah. In our workshop, that most of them not only happened today and yesterday, but 10 years ago. We're on the same loop <laughs> right. for 10 years, and we're telling the same story to ourselves. Right. Well, I like to think about thoughts and meditation as a bicep curl. So your mind wanders, and then you uh, bring it back to that single point of focus, which is your breath. And then your mind wanders again, and then you go, uh, and you bring it back to that single point of focus, which is your breath. And you have a battle or a dance between your thoughts and your breath for the entire session. But it's actually noticing, oh, I'm thinking and I'm not breathing. That is the part that is the best part of meditation. It's the part that builds your prefrontal cortex, which is the part where focus, decision-making, and all of that takes place. That is the power of meditation. And you can see like, This woman, her name is Sarah Lazar. She's a Harvard neurologist. And she did before and afters of the brain of people who had never meditated, 50 years old and up, to people who had meditated nonstop, like 23 minutes a day for eight weeks, and their brain changed. Yeah. So the focus built, the stress shrunk. 
Yeah. You know, but for me, yeah, it was three minutes and I'm a New Yorker. So like I was in yeah, and I was out and I'm like, I'm calmer. You know, I've, I've known you for what, like 15 minutes and I can, you are a doer. You are, you don't seem like someone who's sitting on the couch eating bonbons, you know, yeah. like you're, you're like hard charging. Right. So for you to say, you know, three minutes and, and it changed your life is really, um, I mean, it's, it's amazing to me and shocking to me. Mm-hmm. And so how did that. Uh, how did that change you? And I'm, I'm very fascinated when people that are really doing well already, you know, cause there are stories of people that are not doing well and then they find themselves or something, you know, really bad happens and they find themselves. But when someone's really doing well, it sounded like you were firing on all cylinders with your, your past life, but you, you still veered toward this. So how did that kind of, you had this three minute meditation where you immediately, just did you say, I want more of this in my life, but it wasn't like you had a plan. You didn't see that you were going to open a meditation studio at that point, did you? No. I mean, if you had the, if someone said to you, you're stressed out and in three minutes you could control that and completely alter your state of mind to a place of calm and ease. And then they proved it to you. You would be like, I was like, wow, I want to do that every day. Yeah. Why is everybody not doing this? And I'm a sharer. I mean, I've always been the kind of person that likes to share. I went to sleepaway camp. Um, and so I wanted everybody to do it and I became obsessed. So what happened was I came home and I started Googling places to meditate. And the only options were six-week courses, $1,400 sessions, one-on-one in some strange guy's apartment. Um, <laughs> you know, the Deepak Chopra 21-Day Meditation Series, which I did all of them. The UCLA six-week program, which I ended up doing. Um, the TM Invader classes, which I did that too in some guy's apartment. And they were all really great. But the most powerful meditation was the short one. And I thought, I need to just like treat meditation like a television segment on every TV segment you go in and in five minutes, the first session, you're like learning why you should even be doing this. The second little part, it tells you the technique on how to do it. The third part, you actually do it. And the fourth part, you walk out feeling better and you take a tool for the rest of your life. That's a, that's like the, you know, anatomy of an amazing segment. So I wanted to bring that to a space that was not dirty Okay, so let's just start there. Yeah. So when you say you walk into Unplug, my first you priority was it, yeah. I wanted it to be spotless. I wanted it to not have a personality to the point where it affected yours. So anyone walks into the studio, they're not triggered because it's basically a white box with canvases but it's that got are a white. Warmth. It's got a warmth too. It's the people. There's no warmth to the space. The space is a gallery. It's a yeah. white, but white on white on white. I wanted you to be able to check into heaven. You know, there's feels, movies yeah. where you're like, and you want it to smell good. You want it to feel good. And then you see some like beautiful souls smiling at you and saying, hey, you know, yeah. friendly. And that's what I wanted. You know, one of the coolest things is in your place. Mm-hmm. I, I, so I, I think I told you I came and I did uh, a breath class. And then there was a pause between the next one, which is a meditation class. And I went to use the restroom and that um, for anybody listening, they've got this really cool. Everything's white. But then on the walls of the bathroom door, it's like it looks like someone's journal. And it's it's all these just kind of great stream of conscious writing that when you've come out of one of these classes and then you go there and you're waiting to go in the bathroom, which is usually like, oh, come on, get out, get out of the bathroom, I'm waiting to go. I just sat there reading that like I was reading someone's journal and it just it even that helped me relax more and made me feel more invited and more a part of the group because I came in kind of like I'm an outsider like thinking I I stuck out like a sore thumb and I felt so invited when I was there it's it's actually that is by an artist named Rhea Ray who she's an artist, she's a journaler, she's a teacher. And she had a silver pen and she's like, do you mind? And I said, do I mind what? She's like, trust me. And she took her pen out. Oh, that's she literally, shook it she up, just did that right on the- And she drew right on the 
right on the wall. And it is a poem, but with filled with like, it's a stream of consciousness. And the first thing that you see is supposed to be your message of the day. So depending on where you look, it's always different. Ah. So if you're looking down, it's in one thing. If you look up, it's somewhere. And it's, I love it. I absolutely love that. So anyway, so that was part of the inspiration was those movies that I see on about heaven. And I wanted it to feel like that about the afterlife, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like those corny movies. But then I went to, and I have a picture of it. It's so funny. I went to the Guggenheim in New York City and I was went to the James Terrell exhibition and everybody was laying on the dirty floor of the Guggenheim, just feeling this light that was purple and then it changed to blue and then it changed to red. And they were and I laid on the floor. Nobody was speaking. They were just kind of meditating to the light. And I thought, oh, I want that feeling. And so when you go into the space, it's lit purple here in the Santa Monica, but in the private room, the VIP room in the back or in the West Hollywood, it actually can change colors. So we can change it to red. We can change it to blue. And it does feel like the poor man's version of James Terrell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how does that work in terms of um, you You have, can people book a, uh, like a, a private room or how does that work in terms of that? There are the classes that I went into that studio. Right. And then there's a different, you have another studio. There's a little hidden studio in the back. And that's where we have celebrity clients and privates. And we also film our app there. And it's just, it's the mini version of Unplug. It's like a little mini studio. Okay. Tell me, tell me about the app because um, I'm sure this is blaspheme in here, but the, you know, that was one of the things that actually helped me was um, the, uh, the headspace, um, I did, and then I kind of fell out of it. And now Amy was like, headspace, you know? And so now I'm listening to the one she gave my wife and I, like her meditation, which is longer. And I've been listening to that and it's got her binaural beats and all Uh that. But originally that, like you said, the bite-sized ones were what helped me. And and it was, you know, user-friendly and all of that. And so is your app... It's out there now or it's about to be out there? Well, it's about to be. So it's out there right now. I wanted to show it to you, but I just realized I have the new iteration of it. The reason why I made it actually was because the reason why I built this place was not to create this uh, crazy business. It was really about being able to go. Yeah. <laughs> for myself. Yeah. So I hired every single teacher that I love. And then I would kind of curate their content to the point where it was like, okay, don't say that again. Okay, do you say that? Wait, you can be quiet, but don't be quiet for so long. Okay, now you're now you're too quiet. Now you're talking all the time. So I kind of figured out the timing of everything and the content and worked really hard with these teachers. And in the beginning, nobody showed up. So I was basically in the room by myself. A lot. Yeah. How long? Which, how long of a time? It was a. It was like a solid. You know, people, when it was free, everybody was coming that first month. It was like crazy. But then it stopped being free, and there was just kind of like paper class, and not a lot of people showed up. So it was basically three months of me feeling guilty for having these teachers come in that I ended up taking six classes in a row. And by the end, I was like, blah, 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 blah. so let me ask you because this is kind of one of the themes here. Was you know. I, I like to get it across that nothing is easy. And, you know, it's like, you, you know, I come here, you got a beautiful studio. We're up here in the office. It's it's a great clientele. Like, it all looks so great. But I know from what I know about life, it, what, it couldn't have been just totally smooth sailing. So that three months, did you ever... Did you ever doubt your vision? Did you ever go like, oh, no, I'm just tweaking it and I have this incubation period where I'm just figuring it out? And I'm, what was like, what were the thoughts going through your head at that point when it wasn't, it wasn't fully firing yet? There weren't 50 people in every class. I mean, because now, um, yeah, it's yeah. like people are waiting to go into yes. this class. It's pretty- yes. It never, ever, ever crossed my mind that it wouldn't be successful even when it technically was not successful. And my husband, who's such a realist, he's like, all right, (laughs) just FYI, here's how much money we can lose on this thing. I'm like, okay. Um, So I don't, you know, I really do believe in the power of grit 
and perseverance. And if you have a vision, you know, sticking with it. But also, I mean, for me, the most important thing that I have in my business is a suggestion box on the front desk. And that suggestion box has really helped to groom and curate the content and the studio. So I was never worried at all. Um, But then it did start getting crazy, crazy, busier, busier, busier to the point where I couldn't get into the classes as much. And that's when I built the app because I wanted to be able to listen to Amy Budden, who I have like four meditations, hypno happiness, you know, serious sleep. We have the greatest meditations with her. Um, You know, we have all these different teachers here that are incredible that people all over the world were not being able to access because they weren't in Los Angeles. But more importantly, that I wasn't able to access because I was working so hard on the business. So I ended up producing these videos and it's different than any other app that's out there. And the reason why is because all other apps are usually like one guy or one girl doing one thing, mindfulness and, you know, and ours and it's audio. But ours is video. So you actually can look into David G's eyes. You can look into Amy Budden's eyes. You can look into um, Andrew Clark, who does sound bath. And you connect with them. And then when they say, now close your eyes, it goes into a nature video. So even if you cheat by opening your eyes, you're still getting that calm from the nature video. And we have videos that are one minute long. And we have videos that are 45 minutes long. And we have subjects like guided imagery that are all led by hypnosis people, which is amazing. We have um, aromatherapy where they actually take the aromatherapy and teach you all about that. Tapping, which is one of the craziest things ever. My sister's actually getting certified. She's on the East Coast. She's getting certified to do tapping. It's awesome. And she came here when she met Amy through me and she came and she loved it. Oh, good. And she had heard about Unplug from New York. I don't know what. There was, you know, something in the press about it. So she was like, oh, I know, I know that place. And then came and like had a, she said, a life altering experience taking the class. So I'm, she so will, I'm, that. I'm actually glad to hear this. Christine, get the app. Yeah, um, be, she could because do. Because she's in Jersey. She'll love it so, too, because the tapping classes are short, sweet, and powerful. Like I stopped eating sugary carbohydrates after I did tapping for three minutes which is crazy. Um, But, you know, and we have these incredible teachers. So when we have certain guest teachers like David G or Susan Kaiser Greenland or we have kids classes and then we're kind of curating different. I mean, it's just, it's limitless. Yeah. So for instance, this, and we met these people who do private test prep for SAT and ACT students. And they really believe meditation helps with elevating scores. So they were working with this guy and this guy told them all these mindfulness techniques. And they said, we should create a program. And I said, we'll create it for you. So we created 31 days just to kill it with your SATs and ACT. And that was fun. Like, but we keep Is that meeting. out there already? Oh, yeah, it's on the app. And how is it, uh, how are people reacting to it? Are they, they love it. So yeah. the tutors are using it with the students. And the students are downloading it and, like, they're trying to get a competitive edge with meditation, which is the funniest thing yeah, in the world. the irony of it. So yeah. it's just... It's just fun and it's limitless. And this business is like exciting. And you meet like you and just the most incredible teachers and the most incredible clients. It's, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. You could tell. I mean, you're, it's it's great to talk to someone who's doing what they love and mm-hmm. it just oozes from you. Um, so how would you compare it to what you did before? Because it sounded like you had a really I loved cool that job <laughs> before. Yeah. So, we're, okay. You're, you know, there are a lot of people that I'll, I'll interview here. And I'm like, okay, so everybody listening doesn't get pissed off. Like, what? where were the parts where you, were there parts <clears> where you, um, did you go down any wrong paths or kind of like try something, take a swing and a miss before you even did that? Or, or has it been like where you've been uber successful? It sounds like in, in everything you kind of have dabbled, like you, you, you're doing fashion, boom, it went really well. You're, you're doing this now and it's going very well. Was that work ethic instilled in you as a kid from your parents, from teachers? I don't know. Like, where do you feel like it came from? I know it's just you, so you may not have a gauge. Right. Well, but- I really do credit my dad who 
literally dropped me off in college and went like this. He gave me the four finger, which is you finish in four years and bye. (laughs) And then, okay, on the day before I was supposed to graduate, not the day before, the month before, he said, what's going on? What's happening after graduation? I'm like, oh, I thought I'd hang out and be a waitress and stay in Boston. And he said, "Um, are you kidding me? This is not happening. And every summer he would kind of have me do an internship. And there was one summer where I actually did an internship in Paris for this French fashion designer. Actually, he was an American, the first African-American fashion designer to be admitted into the Chambre Syndicale in Paris, which is um, a huge honor. His name was Patrick Kelly. And I started off, basically, he had these little black baby dolls. And I was glue, gum, glue gunning them to put pins on the back. So I was doing that every single day from 9 o'clock in the morning until probably nine o'clock at night. And finally I said to Patrick, I'm like, I'm here from America. I don't want to sit in the corner of glue gunning black baby dolls. Can I be something else? And he said, you want to be something else? You'll be my assistant. And I was working for free. So he was, which years? this was like junior year. Okay. And then I ended up staying and worked for him for the entire year while I was in college. And he was intense. Like you came to work at eight o'clock in the morning and nobody left work until four o'clock in the morning. And then you would go out and party and then you'd go to sleep for a couple hours and then you would start again. And he, you know, if his cappuccino wasn't hot, he'd get very angry. (laughs) Maybe throw the cappuccino or a chair at you. And then you would be dressing like Iman and Goldie Hawn and Betty Davis were wearing his clothes. And, and, you know, you would stay up all night working on a fashion show and it was intense and he was really the first person that I ever worked for. So I never thought, oh, I could say, like, it wasn't like this day and age where you, you know, work for four hours and then you're like, I need my 15 minute break. And then yeah. now that I have that, now I need work life balance. And, you know, what what's in it for me? Right. Like there it was like, you're working from nine until four and and the, here's 7,000 resumes of people who want to do it. And even though you're doing it for free, it's not an option and keep going. So I did that. And then I actually also worked at Vogue. And I don't know if you've seen The Devil Wears Prada. Have you ever seen that movie? Yeah, okay, yeah. So that was kind of like my character. I was the assistant to the accessories director. So I the you know, dealt Blunt with The character or the- No, I, I wouldn't Sorry. say. I was more like the Annie character. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so, you know- So that was kind of a really hard job in the beginning where people just kind of, you know, there was no respect. There was no, it it was the best of times Mm -hmm. and it could have also been the worst time. And I'm kind of like not tall. I'm not, you know, a beauty. I'm okay. Well, you might say otherwise, but like compared to the people that were working there, if you're not 5'11 and 110 pounds and like someone's, you know, something or... It was kind of a strange time to be working there, um, but the what years? When is this? This was ninety to ninety three. So okay. this was right during the hundredth anniversary of Vogue magazine, and it was very exciting. Yeah, and it was very intense. Yeah, and it was the same thing. It was a nine a.m. You get there, eight a.m. You get there. You leave at twelve. And then you go out with your friends and then you come back and start working again. And it was fun, but it was also really hard. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I've always worked really hard, but the truth is, is I love what I do. So to me, that's fun. Yeah. Like I, I would work on this business 24 seven if I, my husband and children would let me, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cause I like love it. So how do you, you know, speaking of balance and meditation, how, how do you integrate all of that, you know, as a mom, as a wife, as a business owner? Do you ever feel uh, overwhelmed by all the different directions? You're, I'm imagining you're pulled in all kinds of different directions, mm-hmm. but you seem extremely disciplined. That's the other common trait I find with all the people that are uh, that I interview that are really good at what they do. They're also the first people that email you back text you back, like they're busier than anybody else. And somehow they have more time than anybody else. So you must be, are you just extremely disciplined with your time? No, no. I'm just present when I'm there. And, huh. So you just, you kind of have quality wherever you are and you're not too worried about what you're missing because you know, when you get there, you'll be there. 
I mean, I have goals and I set them. So when I do, you know, there's a guy named Tony Robbins, who's this big guru. <laughs> I, yeah, I went to, I did, oh, you I did? did? Yeah, I got invited to oh, sit in his. Did you we, like my it? My wife and I went and we, we sat in his guest section. It was amazing. It was like a three-day uh, in San Jose. I've like never. Walk, I walked over Coles. Oh, and, wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Oh, it my was, gosh. It was, yeah, pretty amazing. Well, I've never actually gone to one of his seminars, but I listened to this very short thing that he says that he does, and I was very inspired by it. And it's a meditation that he does every single morning. And he believes Please. if you... I, I don't like that oh. stuff. See, I don't like, there's some like stuff I'm like, yeah, I'm not yeah. into it. Yeah, you make it your own. Yeah. yeah. But there, one thing he does say is that he says, if you don't have 10 minutes, you don't have a life. And I have to agree with that. You need to carve out 10 minutes for me time, at least every single day. But what he does is he's like, who am I? What do I want? What are my goals? How am I going to crush them? And he does this in his meditation. Yeah. And so in the morning I'll sit, I'll get quiet, I'll get still. And then I'll say to myself, if I could at the end of the day say I did, what would it be? And so I try to like set goals and intentions for myself um, in the morning. And then my day is like totally different. And if there's one thing your audience could hear from this conversation that we're having, it is wake up, take five minutes of your time to actually think about what you want to accomplish that day. And if you do that, you'll start to see things shifting and happening that are really positive. Like you with this podcast. This is so cool. I've had podcast in a box sitting next to me. You never did it. But you, Thank you plugged it in. And you're now plugged in and meeting these amazing people. And who knew that this is probably going to be the thing that's going to and you are loving these conversations, right? I love them, yeah. It's a, so it's just so cool. Like, this is your thing. Thank you. So you got to anchor and be like, wow. Knowing that when you're actually doing the thing that you love, knowing that you're actually doing that. And hi, saying, you know what? This is my thing. Well, that's what, that. first of all, thank you. That's very cool to hear and to hear from someone like yourself, who I'm so impressed with. Um, it is really interesting this whole thing is bizarre to me because this is like this is like the sideline thing that i'm doing while i'm waiting for what i do mm -hmm. you know as an actor it's like you have so much downtime between gigs and i'm i'm finding this is I've, it's like a, a master class that I, it, it's, it's actually very similar to the way you describe your studio you were like i just want a place to go where i can meditate that's all this is i'm like I want to talk to people about how did they get there? It's like my own masterclass. And then hopefully people that are listening are, are going to benefit from my little private masterclass. Right. You know, that I'm getting from people like yourself. Um, and it is going in places that I had no idea. I mean, like just meeting you, you know, I, I couldn't have seen this whatever it was, like six months ago, seven months ago, like I, I didn't know what this was. Right. Um, and, and so I guess that's a, a question for you. Uh, I love how you say that it's limitless. And now you've got this app, the app, by the way, I'm getting, like when we get out of here. It's amazing. Um, and, um, and I love that, you, you know, it, it sounds high end. It sounds user friendly. It's like everything that you wanted it to be. What, you know, do you even have thoughts of where it will go from here? Or are you just kind of like, right now I'm good. I've got my, you know, I've got my plate full, but something else will be around the corner. Well, no. I mean, like I've always set insane goals and some people might say they're not even insane enough. Actually, my investor sometimes <laughs> my investor sometimes says it now. Um, but my big goal has always been the same. I would love to see Unplug everywhere all over the world. I would love to see the app. It's already being seen in 60 countries. I would love to see that everywhere in the world. The book, we have a book also. And the book is in like, I think like 15 countries right now, which is so cool. And so my goal is to spread meditation. Okay, so I'm going to pause you for a second. Mm -hmm. Right before we started, you were talking about a podcast that you're listening to called Scale, What Made to Scale? Um, it's called 
Masters of scale. Masters of scale. So it's all about people scaling their right. business. And all right. So. By Reed Hoffman. By Reed Hoffman. I've never met him, but I love that podcast. I got to, uh, I got to listen You would to love it. it well, I see, I get kind of, some of the people I've, I've interviewed have kind of done that. The guy I was telling about Bejos Koulian, the, who I was saying the dumpster diving, and now he's got this franchise business that he's, he's doing very, very well. He's kind of just, his mission is to have it the way you're talking about unplug. I get, um, when I think about, say, this going big, I don't know if that's what I want. I kind of like this little independent rogue quality of like skeleton, you know, um, it could have bigger reach, but I get like, how do you view the growth process and how are you with delegating and imagining like you could have uh, an unplug in, in Europe, in Australia, in wherever, like, how does that sit with you? And how do you kind of wrap your brain around that? Are you able to like, just go, this is what I'm doing. And then they're going to copy it out there. Well, there's a lot of copycat businesses. Um, The people who come, like there's two people from Canada are here right now who came with their suitcases, dropped them off and like have been sitting in the studio for two days now, taking all the classes. And we know what they're doing and we know they're, what their dream is and they'll probably try to copy it and maybe they'll do an okay job. And there've been like a lot of people who've done that, who have actually opened up similar concepts. Yeah. But, and, and if I'm smart, I would look at it like, oh my God, look how I'm scaling. I'm inspiring yeah. these other people to actually yeah. build these things. Cause the goal is what's the goal? More people meditate, right? Yeah. Cause the better, the world would be a better place if yeah. more people did this. So, we don't always know how things are going to scale. Like ideally I would like it to have an unplugged label <laughs> be, on yeah, everyone, yeah. but if that doesn't happen, it still was inspired by unplug. Yeah. It's still happening. The mission is still alive. So for you, when I'm like, thinking about you, it's kind of interesting that you said, I'm doing this while I'm waiting for that. But this is probably something that I bet you find more pleasure in than the other thing. Potentially you get to meet people you actually want to meet. Right. You can like you could call up Reed Hoffman from Masters of Scale and interview him. He's huge. But you could, I would yeah. I would probably do that if I yeah, was yeah. in this situation. Yeah. And that's exciting and fun and interesting. And you don't have to do anything other than this. And it can scale big. You right. can your reach can go bigger. Right. And that's the bigness of it. You know what I mean? So it just yeah. you don't know what's going to happen. Someone said to me, actually, the girls who own SoulCycle, they were great mentors to me. I love them. Julie and Elizabeth. And they said to me, what you start is not going to be the same as what you build six months from now. And it is so true. I started this business and it was like all mindfulness. And then not a lot of people just wanted mindfulness. So then we added the bowls then we added the gongs. Then we added the aromatherapy, the crystal. I mean, I said when I first started, I will never do crystal healing here. I will never have incense. We won't be burning sage. Well, we have sage healing breath work now. We have crystals. Yeah, and yeah. like, I'm even, look at this. I have like crystals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking the Kool-Aid at this point. So I'm just saying, just knowing that it's going to go somewhere that you never knew that it would ever go. Yeah. 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 It's really, it's exciting. I mean, <laughs> yeah, this thing for me is very exciting because it's kind of, I, I mean, especially in the last couple of weeks, I, I feel like. It, it, interviews are being thrown at me in a, in a weird way. It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, like I actually just said the other day to my wife, I'm like, I got to like, like put them on hold for a second because all of a sudden it's getting busy acting wise. Right. I'm like, I got to like pause this for a second. I'm way ahead of myself. And but it's exciting. Mm-hmm. And it's um, it's well, actually, what would be kind of cool is you could do like interview Ron Howard. <laughs> yeah, You should interview the people who you want to be interviewing with like you should do all casting directors and you know that's a thing you build this thing it's limitless yeah you can have access that's just it's amazing yeah yeah it's it's uh it's that's where that's where it came from for me and in a way it sounds like that's what it was for you it was like i felt i i love the craft of acting the business really frustrates me Mm -hmm. um and i kept feeling like you know, I have all these things to offer that are not being valued over there. 
So finally I said, okay, well, I'm just going to create this little, I'm going to have my own little sandbox here and I'm going to do this thing and just for my own good. And, and what's great is what I've noticed is it just kind of like takes the focus off that. Now when I'm, you know, when I am going, I am not really thinking about that quite as much. It Mm -hmm. doesn't have the same, it doesn't have the same, it's not in the same part of my brain as it used to be in a good way, you know? Um, and thank you for interviewing me. <laughs> I have more questions for you, actually. <laughs> I, I guess, like, I always am like, I love that, your but podcast, I, by the way. <laughs> you know what? Just welcome to the Unplugged Podcast. Yeah, you, we got to actually know. You know what? That's because, okay, everybody was listening. So when I got here, Susie was like, oh, I have this, I have the same, you know, uh, equipment as you, and I have this thing. And, and I was talking about doing a podcast. So that is the goal now. If you are someone who comes to Unplug, bug her about you should do it because you're so right? you're so personable and and you have so much to share. You, you should do a podcast. Well, I have to say you're much easier to talk to, and I like that. You're, ah, I'll just be on your podcast. Again. Oh, you could just be yeah, you'd be my my. Uh, <laughs> I can hook you up with a lot of cool people to talk to. Oh, good. All right, everybody listening, see, I have I have her cornered now. Um, oh, that's very nice. Very nice of you to say. Thank you. I mean, you could just go down the teacher list here because yeah. I it was funny because I was looking at your podcast. I'm like Lily Pettit, who mm-hmm. she does clutter healing, and I know she talked about that with you, um, but she's also an insane breathwork teacher, and then Amy Budden, who has an incredible story. She's a hypnotist by nature. She has yeah. like a hypnotherapy background, yeah, yeah. which is why she's such a great guided imagery teacher. And then you have Emily Raber, who kind of said that she got pregnant because she came. To, so yeah. I was like, wow, we've got like. Yeah, you've already. Yeah, it's funny. I, I've our had, peeps are here. It's um, it, that that's the other thing that is, I guess, similar to my business. It's like it's a small world. All of a sudden you start to go, you know. You interview someone and they say, oh, you should, you know, meet with so-and-so. And then you go meet with that person. They're like, oh, you should meet with so-and-so. And then somebody, and then now it's it's happened. I don't even actually know how, but I've gotten some unsolicited emails from people saying, from like publicists, like, would you talk to, you know, my client? And, and actually, <laughs> actually, I don't know if I, I, I actually don't think I screwed up with this. I'm, I'm happy I did it. Somebody emailed me and said, this is my person who's got a book coming out or whatever. And gave me some links. And I went and I looked at the links and I thought the person was very smart. I liked their message. And I just said, that's great. Do you know what I do? I want to talk about like where they come from and all of that stuff. I don't want it to be, you know, a commercial for this guy's book. But maybe I was a little too, I thought I was respectful. Right. Literally never heard back from her. And I was like, I was like, Basically saying, like, I think it's, you know, it ends up benefiting him more if people get to know him instead of us talking about his book the whole time. Right. Emailed it back. Never, and I followed up the next week. I was like, hey, just making sure, you know, didn't offend you with that. Nothing. But I'm glad. I'm like, that's not what I want to do. You know what? And, you know? and that's another funny thing about life and what helps with meditation is, like, she probably just has so many emails and forgot to get back to you and isn't even thinking about it. Yeah. And we sometimes think... This person didn't cut me back. She must be really angry. No, no. I only know this because I'm a terrible emailer. Yeah. So I'm sure I've offended a million people in this box that yeah. I'm looking at, which is my computer, which I hate. Um, and I love at the same time. But half the time I forget to get back to people and then they they think I hate them. And the truth is, is I love them. You and just, I just am terrible with email. I'm like, yeah. if you want me, call me. Call you. Or yeah. come be in front of me. And then we can be live together. Yeah. I just, it's hard in this day and age when there's so much incoming. Yeah. No, no. But I thought it was <laughs> ironic. She was a publicist. She was reaching out to me. I responded right away. And then, right. I, and then I'm like, are you kidding me? Like she that, clearly isn't a great publicist. Yeah. Let's but, ruin but her now. What's her name? No, I'm, I, I'm, glad, <laughs> no, I'm glad that I held my ground because I was like, I don't want to ju- this. This is my own little, as I said, my own yeah. little sandbox is like, I don't want to just go do that. I want to. I want to have fun doing it. Right. You know, I want to ask them about stuff I want to ask them about. And that's probably why your audience loves listening to this because there's authenticity there. And that's the thing. You can feel an inauthentic business. You can feel anything that lacks authenticity. And and because of your career where it's kind of in acting, you don't get to choose the roles you get. You don't get, you can choose 
some, but I mean, it's really someone else has to choose you so you could choose, right? Yeah. Yeah. But here you get to really kind of craft it, craft, cultivate, curate content that is meaningful and deep and that will hopefully help other people reach their dreams, goals, and visions. And I think that's what's really cool about what you're doing. Thank you very much. just a, a warning. We're at forty three minutes, and okay, then you said thanks. your your yeah. story is only only I'm lasts only, for yeah. an hour. I don't buy that, <laughs> okay. but I give it to you. Okay, thank um, you. So, uh, what else? What else can we? What else can we get into? Um, uh, God, I've never really been stumped for. Um, yeah, see, my stories. I thought it was an hour. It's at forty three. <laughs> it's forty three minutes. We're done. Um, no, so you so. Let's then let's go back to childhood a little bit. Like, did you were you uh, an athlete? Were you uh, a great student? Were you kind of like a rebel? What was your what was your I for sure was a rebel. I had like an anarchy symbol literally shaved into the left hand side of my head. Really? Yeah. And I didn't even know what anarchy was. And now I'm like, I should have a peace symbol shaved into my head now. Um, you were how old? How old was that like? 16. Ju- 16. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I like to go out and I like to have fun. I've never been a great student, but I've always been enthusiastic and passionate and driven. Yeah. And I never wanted to go to college, even though my parents really wanted me to. So I did. I was one of those people that really just wanted to work. Yeah. And I do. And, and I was an athlete. I was good at everything. Athletically, um, I really was actually. What'd you play? What'd you- I was a horseback rider. I, you know, water. Ski- I'm a serious water skier. I snow ski. I play tennis. I used to uh-huh. a little bit. Um, you know, I was like good enough at everything, yeah. but I was very good at like skiing, and I still ski. I love to water and yeah. snow. Water's not my water, favorite. Not water for me. I've never, I don't think I've ever water skied, but I love snow skiing. Water skiing is maybe my passion. Really? Yeah. Like huh. if I could open up Where'd a water ski Jersey? meditation where, where? studio, I would totally do that. So wait, give me, you were, you were born in Manhattan, <clears throat> went to Livingston, New Jersey. Where's Livingston? What, what it's county? short, or, right by Short Hills. Short. Okay. So that's, uh, what, what county? 20 minutes away. But it's what county? Like, Is it Bergen County? Oh my gosh. I don't even remember. I don't remember. Okay. I always think of Jersey. Um, and, and then, yeah. And then I went to camp. So camp, oh, I learned see. how to horseback ride. I learned how to play tennis. I learned how Where'd to water that, ski. Like New Hampshire in Maine. Maine. Okay. Yeah, and in Pennsylvania. Okay. I went to two. And in Canada. Oh, I was wow. a camp counselor in Canada. Really? I taught people how to water ski. Oh, cool. Yeah. Very cool. And and so siblings or no? I have a brother. Older, who, younger? Older and an older sister. And my sister has a podcast. Oh. Um, but I don't remember the name of it. But uh. Leslie Garfield. <laughs> but she basically teaches law to people on podcasts. Torts. How? Yeah. Is she an, an attorney? She's a law P- professor at Pace University. Pace University. And my brother's like a retail genius who kind of runs Simon Outlets. He kind of opens all the Simon Outlets all over. So yeah. you guys are all underachievers. And my mom you, has written 15 nothing. bucks. Oh, God. Total underachieving. And my parents. dad was the president of Macy's. Oh, so I had a okay. good, I've, I've definitely all my siblings, my siblings. Yeah. We all are, yeah. especially my mom who just wrote her best book ever at 79. 15? At 79. That's yeah. All, what's it called? What's it about? It's called, um, food in the city. And it is about all the best restaurants and the best stories of people who made it in the food industry in New York city. Give and it's been, in, what's her, what's it's been in everything. It's been in the New York times. Oh. It's, been in the New York Times three times. It was in the Wall Street Journal. It was like in everything. Um, and it's called Food and the City. And it's and uh, it's short little stories. I'm going to give you a copy after this. Okay. You're going to love it. Okay, If great. you like food. Thank you. I, I love food. Okay. Although I'm not like a, I don't feel like I'm high end. I feel, so, speaking to someone like you, I feel so uncultured. You're like, oh. <laughs> you're naming, <laughs> museums and, and you oh, know, sorry. talking about Paris. I feel like I'm such a, no, no, no. I, I love food, but I'm a little bit of like a, uh, 
I don't feel cultured. I'm sure I would love to see it just to get exposure to right. it. Right. Well, she talks uh, about foods like the guys who run the halal truck on 56th Street oh, and their story. Like, how did that happen? Or, oh, that's cool. you know, she does like all these little stories. The guy who created the phone app. Would she come on here? Could I talk to Yeah, her? but she's in New York. Well, I could do it remotely. Yes. Yeah. You, she's amazing. You she's done 15 books. What are what are the other books about? What? Open Heart Surgery Guidebook for Patients and Families. She's a journalist. So she's like an investigative journalist. So she'll go into a topic and then she'll get really into into that topic. Oh, I'm scared to talk to so her. She she's brilliant. She's smart and friendly and fun. Yeah. And she's can dumb it down, which is why her books are great. Just good so that me. you can read them. No, not good for you, but I'm just saying, you know. Yeah. Um, like I, when I wrote Unplug, um, that little book behind me, it's Unplug, yeah. a simple guide to meditation for busy skeptics and modern soul seekers. By the way, I never noticed the logo until just now. What a great logo. Thank you. So the logo guys, if you go, you know, you can go to the, um, the website and see it, but I never actually, I, I really didn't take notice of it. It's a, it's a cord that's wrapped around and it looks like somebody sitting in Lotus position. Is that what that mm-hmm. is? Lotus position. And you see the, the plug at the end is just dangling and then it says unplug underneath. It's really cool. Thank you. It's so funny that I never, I just didn't pick up on that. Thank you. you know? Um, well, that book is really all about simplifying yeah. This practice and kind of describing, I mean, you can read the book. My husband said you should just tell people to skip to page 99 and then they can finish the book and you can finish the book in like 30 minutes, but the meat starts after page 99. <laughs> <laughs> the meat starts after 99. Okay. You guys uh, have already heard my story, so. Um, and and what, does your husband, uh, is he a meditator? He is. He is. I mean, was, was he? he? No. Was I? No. Is he now? Yes. Really? Yeah, and my what? son is actually going to get certified to start teaching other kids. How old are your kids? I have a 16-year-old, a 13-year-old, and an 11-year-old, all boys. 16, and he's going to get certified. Yeah. That's cool. Because I went to the Center for Early Education. I'm like, we really want to come in. We have all these great mindfulness instructors who teach children. He said, you know what would be really cool is to get like a kid in here teaching the kids. That would they be They would awesome. be much more into that. And I was like, oh. I'm just thinking about my kids. Yeah. Yeah. I have a 10 and a seven year old boy and a girl. And I'm thinking that would be, that'd be really cool. So I'm like, okay, I will get my son and then I'll try to find like a young girl who wants to teach. And so now I have like two people coming this weekend and we're going to train them to become, well, Austin, my son and this other girl. And they're both going to be trained to be meditation teachers to go into the schools and teach the kids. That is such a great idea. Like peer leadership-y type. That's such you know. a great idea because, <clears throat> yeah, I'm just going, gauging it by my kid's reaction to me. You know, you say, ah, oh, yeah, we don't want to, you know, I'm trying to give them life lessons and it's, you know, half the time eye rolls or whatever. But if, if a kid a little bit older than them mm-hmm. is telling them, they're going to look up and be like, oh, yeah, he's a cool 16 Yeah, he's in and, 11th grade. Yeah. Well, what's the coolest part about it is that I'm sneakily forcing my child to meditate. <laughs> I'm like, this will be great for you for college. Okay. Yeah. All you have to do is learn how to meditate and do it every day and get so good at it that it becomes part of your everyday life. Yeah. And, and you were so, saying you were saying before the the interview that they're all athletes. Are you, all your boys are are kind of I would say sport? two out of two. the three. Yeah. I mean um, it's one huge does for- one does sports. Actually he's doing lax this uh, he's starting for the first time. Really? He's really excited about Where's that. He he's gonna play at Brentwood. Oh, cool. Yeah, he's never really played. And so yeah. he really is, you know, hyped up about playing lacrosse. I know you're a huge lacrosse Very player. Very cool. I wouldn't say I'm a huge lacrosse player. You were. You lacrosse, played in college, right? I played in college. That's yeah. a big deal. I mean, yeah, I, I, I played, but I mean, I, you know. They, Are you still I, playing? No, no, I haven't played. And I mean, I have sticks and throw them around my kids are like mm-hmm. at this point don't want to play. Oh. My son's actually playing baseball right now. Um, and we'll see. I kind of don't push anything on them, but I'm like, you know, I could kind of give you some pointers yeah. if you played, you know, more so than in baseball. But um, yeah, it's, it's getting big out here now. Mm-hmm. It's getting big. I mean, we're, we're, I grew up, grew up in Westchester County, New York. It was oh, where? Uh, Pound Ridge. I went to oh, John Jay High okay. School in uh, Katona, Lewisboro, I don't mm-hmm. know, about an hour north of the city. And, um, and it was just really big. I mean, still, you didn't start till seventh grade. Now I think they start way younger than that, but it was a real 
kind of hotbed, you know, along with like Baltimore and then like Syracuse and all that. It was a real hotbed for lacrosse. So a lot of guys that I grew up with played in college. And the reason I say I'm not a huge lacrosse player, I had, you know, guys around me that were all Americans that I think were better than me, but I, I did okay. I, mm-hmm. I did okay. Yeah. That's cool. So that's cool. Yeah. What what year is he? He's a he, sophomore. Oh, he my the one playing lacrosse yeah. is going into eighth grade, and then Austin does water polo and golf, and he's really into water polo, which is huge out here. I know it's such a violent. It's kind of a crazy sport. Yeah, because what happens had, underneath the water is just you don't want even want to see that. Yeah, I had no exposure to that growing up, and then when uh, my son was younger, we did like splash ball at Pally High. Right, they called it splash ball, and. All the other dads, it was similar to how lacrosse was back mm-hmm. for me at home. Like, all the other dads were like, oh, yeah, I played at UCLA. I played at Santa Barbara. And I'm like, I don't really know water polo at all. Right. And it, la- it didn't last very long for us. Right. But um, it's, a, it's a cool sport. It is a rugged sport. Mm-hmm. Um, so w- what else? Where can people... Where can people find you? Obviously, un- is it unplugged.com? Um, yes, it's actually unpluggedmeditation.com, but we just bought the URL for unplugged.com, which was a fortune. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't even imagine. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about How expensive that hear, is. I want to hear that. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. Um, buy your URL, guys. If you're like going to start your own business, buy it early, buy them all up, even Mine. if you think you might want something. Just yeah. buy that right now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, unplugged.com. I'm on Instagram, um, unplugged meditation, uh-huh. um, or Susie L.F. Schwartz on Instagram. Okay. Um, but really, like the way that I meet people is come into the studio, yeah. meet me live. Let's yeah. say hi. Yeah. High five me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and really, anybody listening, if you are um, in the Los Angeles area, you're on the West Side in particular, just come. Check it out. It's awesome. If you're not, then get this app that Susie's been talking about. I'm, I'm going to get that too, just because it's, it sounds so, you know what it reminds me of um, that I've never done? Peloton? Yes. The, the bikes? It, it sounds like that. It's a like, combination. This The 2.0 version is going to be very different, but it's a combination between Netflix meets, let's say Peloton meets Fitbit. So if you took good those three and you mashed it all up together, it would be us. Cause like all you, it's kind of like with a touch of a finger, if you, you could search by the amount of time. Like if you only have one minute, you can go to meditations under five minutes. You press that and you'll see starting at one minute and going to five, or you can search by topic. So let's say it's a morning or an evening or an anytime or guided imagery, aromatherapy, crystal healing, you could search by that or soothe and heal, which is for people who are kind of going through stuff. Yeah. Um, there's like a meditation there for every single thing. Yeah. And my favorite actually is the panic button. The panic. <laughs> that's good. So, I mean, that's what I mean. Like it's limitless. Like yeah. we keep creating content. And the panic button for when you're overwhelmed and you click it and she's like, you're overwhelmed, you're overworked, and you're over it. A hologram pops up. <laughs> it's her. It's this woman, Heather Hayward, who's oh. <gasps> you have to interview her. Oh, she's really? phenomenal. Oh, so good. she does all a lot of our panic buttons and they're so funny and she's so funny. And um and then she does panic button before you overeat. Don't even think about it. <laughs> panic button like for alcoholics. Don't take a drink before you That's you know like awesome. so and we have one for like every single thing. Um and then it's just pretty much you can go on or you can just do by teacher. So if you want meditations with Amy, you click on Amy's face and, all you know, of, all of her meditations. So let me done. ask you just because, you know, it's 56 minutes. I got another okay. four minutes with you because I'm, I'm dying to <laughs> Thank know. You. So, so I'm, I'm jealous of you because I feel like I have all of these thoughts, all these ideas for everything, right. In a, in a similar way to you where you're like, okay, I want to do it. It's going to be a panic button. It's going to be this. <laughs> You have somehow executed it. Like the studio is an extension of you. The, uh, the, the app is an extension of you. It's exactly what you want it to be. How would you get from like inception to execution? Do you, do you just, is it finding the right teammates to help you to actually execute? And then you just, you just, you know, communicate your ideas to them uh, is it, I'm sure it's, it's no, going to be some of that. It's, it's doing it. Just doing it and failing. And yes. Doing it and, you and know, revising. what's the best advice is Facebook. 
I go on Facebook and I'll say, does anybody know a good um, videographer who also does sound? And then I'll get like 30 people. I need to do a, I need a photographer to take press pictures at Unplug. Does anybody know anybody great who's under like $500 um, for the whole day? And I'll get these great people. Then I have used Facebook to, and my real community. So I don't have like a fan page. I have like real friends on Facebook. And then I have the Unplug page. And my friends on Facebook hook me up. So anytime I, it's better than a headhunter. It's better than LinkedIn. It's better than anything. When I need stuff, I'd reach out. And I'll say, do you guys know like a good accountant? Do you guys know a good of this? Do you guys know an assistant for my assistant? Do you know, you know, like, do you know anybody who wants to do a free summer internship at Unplug Meditation? Do you? Because I could, <laughs> I could use one. <laughs> I'll, I'll take like internship? a 16-year-old. No. So I'll like reach out to the community. So for, let's say, the app. I lit, all I did was just Google stuff. Okay, where can I launch an app that's under like three grand that I can, and now I have to hire a videographer. And one guy's like, hey, I'll exchange videos for class. And I was like, great. Then it stopped being that. Now I'm paying him a ton of money and he's a genius and amazing. But yeah. like it started organically like that. That's- so the trick is to, one of my biggest gifts is that I'm not a genius. I'm not an intellectual. I'm a doer. I don't think about stuff. I do it. And then I'm like, oh my God, now I need to really market, market this thing, make it successful. So just, just do stuff. Yeah. Stop thinking. Yeah. You, th- you think it, I want to do that. Try it. What's the worst thing that can happen? It can fail. Right. But you did it. Yeah. And it failed. Like, oh, yeah, I tried that. Didn't work. Right. Oh, yeah, I tried this. Totally worked. You know, you're never, you can't hit every time. I'm not like a, I don't hit every time. Yeah. But when I fail, and this is another thing I learned from Julie and Elizabeth from Soul Cycles, they always say, um, mistakes are tuition. Every time you make a mistake, it's like you get, it's like paying for your college tuition. You learn stuff. That's not my quote. That is Julie and Elizabeth. Right, I, won't put it in the <laughs> I see you writing. I'm like, wait, I didn't say I, I'm quoting someone else. But mistakes are tuition because if you, when you make them, you get to learn. Yeah. That some days real. we're, some months we're really doing great. Other months I'm like, wait, how'd that happen? How did we spend $27,000 on retail? <laughs> you know, I'm like, ouch. But the truth is, is that then I'm, then I, when it's not going well, then you look at stuff and you're like, oh my God, I need to shift. Yeah. But when everything's going well, you don't really look at things so closely. So yeah, things so not going be, well sometimes good. You need to bump good. up against it. That's where you get your education. Mm-hmm. That's, what I, that's what I think. That's, yeah. that's the point of this podcast. Everybody that comes here or that comes here or I go to them, like in this situation, it's uh, everybody learned from some kind of pain or mistake or something. You know, and they just course corrected. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the Facebook. I am abysmal on Facebook. Out of all the, it's just not my thing. Uh-huh. But that might, and I don't know if it ever will be. But that way of trying to use it in that way, I, I just, it's very. I was not expecting you to say that. Oh, I use it as a cry for help all the time. And that's just a, <laughs> right there is is a great thing. Ask for help. Yeah, I've spent so much time not asking for help. Mm-hmm. And it's really dumb to be yeah. honest. You know? <laughs> well, it's a waste of time. Yeah. So the thing is, if you want to move and you want to move quickly, there's no better network than your friends. And you don't even realize like your friends, friends, like everybody knows someone who need, knows someone who can help you. And when you say, I actually need help. I need to be able to find <coughs> this. I need to be able to find that. And I also think Googling, Googling stuff all the time. Like I've discovered incredible things when I just Google. Like we're launching a teacher training program and Unplug. <coughs> oh, excuse me. That's Sorry. okay. We're launching a teacher training pl- program and Unplug. And I was Googling how to set up a teacher training program online. And I found 16 platforms that you can just pay a little bit of money for and you can put quizzes, videos, you know, all the stuff. I can have it all on one platform and it's a no-brainer. I'm like, that's genius. Yeah. I could have just been thinking, how am I going to do this and wasting my time? But that I just Googled 
how to blank, 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 and University of YouTube. That's been my other best friend. Everything I've learned, I've learned through YouTube. (laughs) You know, like a lot of things that I don't, I have questions about, like, how do you make a landing page? How do you make a this? How do you do that? I literally just go on YouTube or Udemy. Do you know Udemy? No, I never heard of it. Udemy is amazing. How do you? Uh, U-D-E-M-Y. And it's a online course company. And basically the courses are like $5, $12. And I've done how to master email, how to make a landing page, how to do a wireframe for app, how to, and you take these courses and they're two hours and you're like, and you learn how to do stuff. Wow. Don't be afraid to teach yourself. And that's the fun part. The fun part is learning how to do new things that you've never done before. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the funnest part. You are so cool. Thank Thank you. you. We're over an hour and I don't want you, you requested that. So we're going to, we're an hour and three minutes and 16 seconds and counting. So you are, you know, beyond your limit. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah. You're really, I, I can't thank you enough. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to 10,000 No's. If you haven't subscribed to us yet, please do. So each week's episode is automatically downloaded to your computer or phone. And if you like what you heard, please help us get the word out by sharing it with your friends and family. We'll see you next week. Thanks. Thanks.